G'day everyone, and welcome to My Union Road in ABA. This is a podcast to chronicle the progress towards a new enterprise bargaining agreement at Monash University and is brought to you by members of the Monash branch of the NTEU. We're here to take the old agreement and hashtag change it. And unlike our namesake, my dad wrote a porno, do everything we can to avoid being fucked in the process. Those involved with the podcast would like to acknowledge that it is being recorded on the unceded lands of the Kulin Nations, on whose lands we live, teach, and work. We would like to acknowledge and pay our respects to the traditional custodians and elders, past and present, and to the continuation of the cultural, spiritual, and educational practices of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. Always was, always will be, Aboriginal land. Hi, everyone. I hope you are having a wonderful start to the year. I'm Adam Fernandez, one of the NTU National Councillors of the Monash Branch. It has been 214 days since our last agreement expired, and 97 days since we first requested to discuss a pay rise offer. CPI is now at 7.8% and rising, meaning our pay is not keeping up with our expenses. Have you reached the point where you are looking for a second job in order to pay your bills? Call us now and let us know who is hiring. Meanwhile, our CEO, I mean Vice-Chancellor, has made $703,418 since our agreement ended in June. It must be nice to not worry about whether you can afford to feed your family this year. That's it from me today. I am Adam Fernandez, wishing you all a happy new year. And for those of you who celebrate the Lunar New Year, Xinyan Kwaila. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast for the new year. We're joined today in the first episode by Ben, the branch president, and Scott, the casuals rep in the bargaining team, uh, just to have a bit of a reflect back on the achievements that we've had last year and the progress that we made in the bargaining, and then to sort of look forward to the year to come and, and what we're hoping to get out of it. Hey, Tony, and welcome back, everyone. I just wanted to start off by asking Scott and Ben, how was your break? Um, yeah, my break was uh, unemployed, um, so I've had a lot of time to kind of think about uh, bargaining and, you know, the university and my academic career, um, and I was thinking about how when we raised the issue with the university on abiding by its own protocols to pay a casual staff member, they reassured us that it wasn't a personal thing, that I was like not being paid for it, and Reflecting on that, I kind of, like, I understand what they mean, but it seems like what they mean is that they do and regularly do the same to any casual, right? It's an impersonal move. Um, That's just what it means to be a casual, and it's not personal to them, but I spent Christmas watching my savings go down, not getting any leave, not being paid to do the work I'm putting into bargaining. Casuals just aren't paid to do this kind of thing, so that's what I've been reflecting on. As I said to Sophie, it's decommodified labor, you know, which people think is great, but it's not necessarily great for the for the bank balance. And Scott, do you know if you're teaching again this semester and by extension from that, you know, when the university might agree to start paying you again for the work that you've been doing all the way through? Yeah, actually, I just got my contract yesterday and ironically, I can't actually sign it because I can't get onto the university IT system. So I'm going to have to work that out. Um <laughs> which is always a fun experience, but I'm glad to say that I will be teaching at Monash next semester. And so I'm really looking forward to that. If only I could do it ongoing. And Ben, how about you? 
Yeah, hey, Tony. Hey, Kate. Um, yeah, so, I mean, as an ongoing staff member, I had the, uh, the benefit of um, a paid holiday leave, you know, which um, I was obviously pretty grateful for. Um, you know, it's it's so depressing to hear the way the university treats uh, its insecure and casual workforce. Um, you know, the way that Scott's being treated is, is appalling. It's really disgusting. And it just sort of shows the callousness of the university. You know, yeah, well, it's not personal, is it? Because, you know, they don't care. They just really honestly don't care. So it's the sort of thing you say when, you know, you've like – bumped into someone's car on the street or something. It's like, oh, it's not personal, you know, just in the way, weren't you? Sorry, mate. Um, so, yeah, um, I did get a little bit of a breakaway. I got up to Queensland where I hung out with my family up there and um, had a bit of time in the sun. It was pretty relaxing, actually. And Yeah, I think it's just, like, really worth reflecting on the fact that this paid holiday leave that I was able to enjoy that was fought for by unionists over generations, you know, so it's because really of, of people organizing in their workplace that we're able to enjoy things like holidays. So yeah, I was, I was, you know, obviously pretty grateful for that. And yeah, now we're back into enterprise bargaining and we had a meeting yesterday. Yeah, I think Ben's absolutely right. Like they just don't really care about individual workers. They care about us in the aggregate. And there's something really striking about um, the way they treat casuals in that respect. But I'm curious, how, how have um, your breaks been, Tony and Kate? I was working for Monash over the break. I have a marking contract that, that carries through the year for a unit that runs year round. Um, so they have to push through a special contract for that so they can continue to pay me because they need me to mark the, the work that, that gets handed in. I'm also one of the casuals that has a second job to sort of help get them through these periods where there's no teaching going on. So my break consisted of, of just Christmas Day because my other job is in retail, but it, it is what it is. You, you've got to pay the rent somehow. Kate? Yeah, mine's exactly the same, working in retail to try and cover that three-month break and um, also just trying to balance how to, you know, pay rent pay for groceries while also doing a PhD and needing to put so much time into that as well. So, yeah, much in the same boat as both Scott and Tony there. What were some of the key challenges that you guys faced as the bargaining team last year? Well, Tony, there was quite a lot of challenges even just getting bargaining started as we've covered in some of the previous podcasts. So, you know, the university took its... Well, it took a lot of time getting back to us on our first contact with them to try and start bargaining. You know, they just let that one go through to the keeper. I think it was five weeks for them to even reply to my letter to the chief operating officer requesting formally to begin enterprise bargaining last year. Um, and then, of course, once we started actually bargaining in earnest, we found out that there are some things that they just didn't want to talk about. So they haven't wanted to talk about pay or wages at any point of negotiations so far. So that's obviously pretty frustrating from our point of view. Yeah, I'd agree with what Ben said, like just getting firm commitments on um, responding to our clauses and giving us clauses or just responses on major issues that we've been raising the whole time. They've known that we want to discuss and they're also in their log of claims, things like job insecurity. Yeah, definitely super frustrating that they're not willing to talk about some of the things in their key log of claims either. Um, so I feel your frustration, Ben and Scott, on those ones. 
Yeah, well, I mean, I think like, you know, you can say, oh, well, we're not ready to discuss this particular issue at this particular meeting, but you can't get more basic than pay rises, right? Like that is pretty much the nub of what any enterprise negotiation is going to be about. We're in a cost of living crisis at the moment. Uh, I'm sure everyone's aware of what it's like at the moment out there in the rental market or if you're trying to buy groceries at the shops, right? So these are pressing issues for our members and for Monash staff. And they just don't want to talk about it. And I think, yeah, the, the starkness of, of that, particularly the pay issue, when it was late last week that the vice chancellor's pay since the beginning of bargaining pushed up past two-thirds of a million dollars, that becomes pretty clear why she doesn't need to worry about that. So what about some of the, the goals that were kicked by the bargaining team last year? Like what, what does everybody look back on and, and think, yeah, this was something that we actually had success with and we did well. Maybe I'll, I'll start. Um, I think I was really happy with where we got to with drafting some of our clauses. So we presented some really major um, reforms, basically, to improve the university. Things like casual conversion, like for job security and professional staff workloads was a really big claim that we pushed through. And it was a lot of work. Like everyone was kind of wrapping up the semester and, you know, dealing with issues and dealing with management. Um, We're running disputes at the same time. So just getting those things kind of sorted was, I think, a really big achievement for us. Yeah, it was really impressive to see how much work the bargaining team was putting in on those clauses. You know, they're really detailed. They're so much more detailed than what management put it, is putting on the table. So, you know, congratulations to the bargaining team for actually managing to accomplish that for sure. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, I think what we're trying to do is present a reform agenda for a better university. And so, yeah, there has been a lot of thought that's gone into it, not just from the bargaining team, but from a lot of members at our university because, you know, it's, it's all of our university and everyone has a stake in this place as a public institution. And I think the majority of our members, you know, they're here because they want to be, because they believe in education and they believe in, you know, what that represents in our society. So people actually want a university that is, you know, a secure workplace, a place that actually cares about its students, a place where we're actually going out there every day to do the best teaching and research that we possibly can. And sometimes it feels like you're fighting with the university management and HR just to actually do your job. So I was really pleased of the reform agenda that we put forward. I think it will make for a better university if we can get it adopted. And so really that sort of sets the scene for what we're trying to do now, which is to fight for that reform agenda. Mm. And if you've listened to past episodes, you know one of the goals of the union in negotiations is to really get things moving along quite quickly. Ideally, management would want the same thing. But is that really happening, in your opinion, as part of the bargaining team? So in my opinion, what management is doing is just trying to run the clock out. Um, They would like to delay negotiations really as long as possible because every fortnight that they don't sign on the dotted line is really um, an advantage for the university's bottom line. And yeah, more broadly, Kate, I think you're right. They're pretty happy with the status quo. Um, If you look at the sort of changes that they've put forward, they're very minor kind of quibbles around the edges of certain clauses. And they're really basically about making it easier for the university to fire people um, or to do what it wants. You know, they're mainly about stripping away the rights of workers in our workplace. 
Um, they're not really about anything to do with teaching or research. And I think that's very telling, actually. And so have you gotten much in terms of responses from management about the things that we've been putting forward that all this work and effort on our part has, has gone into? We've got a lot of um, kicking the can down the road and a number of no's. So a lot of negativity um, and not much negotiation, potentially. Um, not much kind of bargaining with an aim to agreement. Um, it feels like we're really putting reasonable clauses on the table and they're not really budging on those. Mm, that's it's such a shame to hear that management really is not putting forward anything substantive or making any substantive uh, amendments or uh, proposed changes to what the union's putting forward. If that sort of trend of delaying and delaying continues, what are we as members of the union able to do to kind of push the issue and help the uh, bargaining team that are with management in the room every week? Well, I, I would say that, you know, the next step really for us as a, as a workforce is to, is to take some action. So um, we had a meeting with all of our members. We had a pretty large meeting um, just before the end of last year where we sort of talked through what's been going on and we explained, you know, why things weren't really moving very quickly. Um, and the members at that meeting passed a motion to investigate applying for a protected action ballot, so some kind of industrial action. If the university didn't put forward a concrete pay offer or some kind of proposal around job security by the end of January. Now, it's pretty obvious that that's not going to happen because here we are on Invasion Day recording this and um, we've got neither of those things and we're not expecting anything next week. So um, it's likely that we are going to go and talk to members about whether they're interested in applying now for a, a ballot, a vote on industrial action. Sorry, I was just going to add, I think um, one of the other things that we maybe kicked off last year and I think would be really great to continue and it, it is a way that members can get involved is things like stalls. Um, so communicating with non-members in particular, signing people up, um, holding mass meetings, coming along to mass meetings, um, we also, just to kind of plug our, our continuous uh, consultations campaign, we held a rally and I think those kind of actions um, will probably be a big part of our organising and activism next year as well. Yeah, and I think it can kind of sometimes seem scary to kind of talk to your colleagues about the union. It sort of maybe seems like it's pushy, all that kind of stuff. But from my experience, it's actually pretty easy most people really want to change something about their workplace. They're frustrated at workloads or they're frustrated at, you know, being on a casual contract and, you know, engaging with your colleagues who aren't members around those sorts of issues and just saying, you know, hey, if you join the union, this is what they're fighting for. Those sorts of conversations are really, really useful to the union because the more people we have as members, the more effective we'll be at actually winning better conditions the more representation we'll have, the more management will listen to us, basically. Uh, so I think that's one thing, you know, if you're listening to the podcast and you want to do something to help out those uh, people in the bargaining room, talking to your colleagues and, you know, asking them to join the union is a really, really big thing. Um, I was going to add that I think it's you're right, Kate, that it is like such a great time to get involved. And that's in part because a lot of the issues, well, at least some of the issues that I hear and we hear as casuals relate to the enterprise agreement and the fact that, you know, um, there are holes in it or there are ways that management exploits um, particular 
phrasings and um, this is our time to fix that. And so getting involved at the kind of, uh, at the root of the cause is really important. And that's what we're trying to do with bargaining. Um, and I think maybe one of the things that is going to come back to, to bite Monash in the ass with this uh, sort of approach they have of just delaying everything is that the longer that this gets drawn out, the more pissed off people are likely to get. And the more pissed off they get, you know, that's when they can become involved. That gives them that push to become involved a bit more than what they had been or to, you know, talk to their friends and talk to their colleagues and start to actually raise their voices a little bit because, you know, the uni doesn't necessarily give a shit about about one of us yelling out into into the ether, but if there's a stack of us doing it and we're doing it at the same time, then then that's when they have to start paying attention, especially if we're outside the, the chancellery building, for example. <laughs> Um, And I'd also just like to add as well, you know, you don't need to be an expert in industrial relations, enterprise bargaining, any of those sorts of things to have a chat to your colleagues. For example, Tony and I knew very little about uh, enterprise negotiations and all that sort of stuff before we started this podcast. But, you know, we learned a few things and decided that it would be good for us to share our knowledge with other members so they weren't in the same position as us. So really all it takes to get started is like wanting to get involved. That's really the first step. And also coming to the to the members meetings when when they happen so that you can you know so you can keep up with what's going on and that you can keep hearing from the people that are in the room and the same with actually reading the emails that get sent out every after every bargaining meeting so that you know what's going on and, and you can actually see what is happening in the room and and what we're trying to do and the pushback that we're getting. So kind of in a similar vein, what's one thing you want people to be aware of or to be on the lookout for in terms of bargaining this year? I think uh, we've got a lot of rewriting to do. So we've got a lot of clauses still um, in in the process of redrafting. Um, But more importantly, I think is organising work. Um, I think that's going to be a real priority for our branch this year. So that means like things like signing up to members and speaking to colleagues, as you've been saying, Kate, about what we're fighting for. Um, I think, or I, I can guarantee we'll be setting up stalls. There'll be regular stalls. So come along and chat to, chat to us there and maybe even, you know, volunteer to, to participate in a stall yourself, um, campaigning and organizing. Those are the things we need to help us get over the line this year. And there's a lot of energy in, in the union, union movement as a whole, I think. It really feels like we've got the momentum as Ben said, like there's a crisis of the cost of living, um, you know, inflation is just absolutely high. People with rents are just really struggling. Um, and I also get the sense that management knows that this is an issue and they'll get more and more scared as, as time goes on. They know that it's a different round of bargaining and we know that too. And I think we can capitalize on that. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. Like, I think basically, like, now's the time, really. Like, we really need to sort of um, put our best foot forward as a collective, as a group of of staff and colleagues, because uh, you know th- this is an opportunity to actually win some gains and some progress. So it's it's a, a super important opportunity. Just speaking kind of broadly, the we know, and a lot of my colleagues and people I speak to in the university know that the university is not on the right track and we need to fix things. And so I think we're trying to turn them around. Like we're trying to write the course and to avoid like 
of university getting worse and worse for students and for teachers um, and researchers. And they just seem to be kind of wanting to do nothing, basically. And that's really frustrating. So I think a good old poke in the butt would be great. It's kind of important too on a bigger picture than just Monash University, right? Like this place is now at the kind of intersection of big pharma and hospitals and, you know, big science. So Monash University is like an important institution in the post-industrial economy. So we're fighting, I think, for more than just, um, you know, better wages and conditions in our individual workplaces. We're actually hopefully trying to reorganise the political economy of Australia in a, uh, a more progressive direction. That's certainly my hope in my long-term dreams. Mm, I think we all share that as well just because, you know, particularly for me, Scott and Tony, we're all on casual contracts and, you know, we're fighting for wins here at Monash but we're hoping, you know, we might not work at Monash in the future so we're hoping that those wins transfer across universities and if we see Monash win or if we see another university win, it kind of helps universities as a whole. So I think that's a really good point, Ben. Yeah, I think like with any muscle, you know, using it a little bit, it starts to feel a bit stronger and you feel a bit braver and you feel a bit better. So it can feel really scary to put your hand up in a meeting or to take that first step and talk to a colleague about the union. But once you give it a try, you know, you might find that actually that wasn't so bad, right? That was that was okay. Um, you know, I remember the first time I ever spoke up in a staff meeting on behalf of my colleagues, you know, I was I was actually, you know, pooing my pants, basically. I was really, really worried, you know, <laughs> am I going to get hauled into the head of school's office and, you know, be yelled at? Um, so, but, you know, um, it went okay, you know, and a bunch of my colleagues came up to me afterwards and they said, you know, thanks so much for speaking up. You know, I, I wasn't I wasn't brave enough to speak up, so I'm really glad that you said something in the meeting, Ben. And, and, you know, that's all it takes sometimes is just that first sort of step. Um, and then, you know, you're in such a better position from then on to, to take the next step. So even just to that, take that first little step, wear your badge in the, in the staff room, um, talk to a colleague while you're making a cup of tea in the tea room, you know, put up a poster in the elevator, whatever it is, um, you know, you might find that, um, you might find you enjoy it and you, you might want to do it again. Or emailing your fellow tutors, that's another good one as well. So just a couple of final things. As we start to head towards industrial action, one of the most important things that you, the members, can do, um, apart from the things we've already spoken about, being part of the union, talking to your workmates and your colleagues and your friends about joining the union, is making sure that your details are up to date, especially your phone and your email address. Uh, when we do get to the point of voting to take this, these industrial actions that we were talking about, um, this is how you'll be contacted and this is how you'll be able to participate. Um, so you can do this by logging on to the member portal at nteu.au. We'll throw the link for that into the show notes so that you can just have a click um, and make sure that yeah those details are up to date. Um, you may also notice some cool new colourful bargaining posters popping up around campus about different issues around workloads and job security and work-life balance and restructures. Um, we've got plenty of these at the branch office that you can come and pick up, or you can email monash at nteu.org.au for a PDF of the posters that you can print out yourself and stick them up where you think they best need to be seen. Um, many hands make light work, and the more people we have putting posters up, the bigger our presence on campus can be felt, and, and the, the harder it will be for 
um, people in HR and people in the upper echelons of the university pretend like we don't exist. And just to plug our all members meeting on the 7th of February, which you should have got a link to in the uh, bargaining updates, but if you didn't as well, email the union. Uh, Also in the coming weeks, we're going to do a couple of episodes on industrial action and the process towards industrial action. So if you have any questions about that, please give us an email at myunionroadandeba at gmail.com and we'll get someone to answer your questions on the podcast. Uh, So thank you so much for Scott and Ben for coming here and your continued work on the uh, bargaining team. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, Kate. Yeah, thanks, Tony and Kate. Um, Keep up your good work with the podcast and let's get some wins this year. It's going to be fun. Let's do it. All right. Thanks, everybody. All right, folks. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Kate, Danny, Adam, Bernard and Pod Daddy Sofio for all the work they've put into this. And we'll catch you next time. Turn the floor of this